Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I'm super excited about today's podcast. I think, you know, we talk a lot about the mechanics, hormones, you know, physically how you are exercising and all of that matters. But something that I don't talk about enough that I think is extremely important is the use of our brain and what we're thinking. And today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how neurons that fire together wire together and how we can use that and implement that into our workouts to ultimately feel good and see better results. So before we do, we have some exciting news in Evloland. We just hired our first full-time employee. Peyton just joined the Evlo team full-time. She's a physical therapist. She is Evlo trained. She's been teaching for the platform for quite a few months, and now she's with us full-time. So we're going to be slowly revamping a lot of things. Um, when I first started this business, you know, I did, I was doing everything kind of on my own, just kind of figuring it all out, trying to run this podcast and social media and content and some things just kind of fell through the cracks. So I'm really, really happy to have Peyton on. She is really smart and amazing and awesome. And one of the things that she'll be doing is she is revamping our blog. So she just did her first blog post last week and it was an awesome post. And so today's podcast is actually inspired by that post. I will link the post in the show notes. So every week she'll be releasing a new post. So that's something awesome to look forward to in case, uh, you know, you want some extra education in a written form. So today the plan is, is that we're going to talk about some things that might kind of seem woo-woo, but they're not (laughs) woo-woo. They are, it's very effective. And what we'll do is we'll talk about the why, the why this matters. I'm going to reference some studies that kind of show why it's important to be intentional about what you're thinking. And then we'll go into kind of a step-by-step process that I have used in my own body. And I've not only used this in exercise, but also in a lot of other areas of my life. And it's truly changed my life. So that is the plan. Let's get into it. Exercise selection matters. And exercise is physics, meaning there are certain forces acting upon our bodies and our bodies have to react and adapt to those certain forces. Some exercises are more effective than others. And you'll see in Evlo, we're very selective about which exercises we're choosing and which exercises we're leaving out. And this is because, you know, exercise combines load to our bodies. And some exercises have more appropriate load to the appropriate tissue. And some exercises are less advantageous because they either apply too little force to the targeted tissue, resulting in no adaptation or muscle growth, or they apply too much force to that tissue, resulting in injury, overuse, etc. Either way, whether you're applying too little load or too much load, the interesting result is that muscles don't grow as well as we want them to grow. And you don't feel so great. Have you ever left a workout and you just feel like overall tired and gassed, but not fatigued in any specific muscle group? And that's because you're choosing exercises that, you know, might not be appropriately loading tissues, right? They might be expending energy and using energy, but that expended energy may or may not be causing your body to adapt and change in the ways you want it to. And we call that focusing on systemic fatigue rather than specific fatigue. So systemic fatigue means like just fatigue all over your body. Like you just feel like you got hit by a truck, right? And focusing on specific fatigue is what we recommend with 
and what we do in most of our workouts to allow your body to adapt, to use that energy efficiently and avoid overstressing your body without a big payoff. So a focus on specific fatigue looks like choosing exercises that feel like they're specifically targeting one group at a time rather than just like targeting your entire body all at once. And the reason we love this approach is because the more you can narrow your focus, the more motor units or percentage of the muscle you can recruit. And the more motor units you can recruit, the more percentage of that specific muscle that you're targeting you can recruit, the better the muscles grow. So if we are just diluting our work across a lot of areas of our body all at the same time, our brain doesn't can't really grasp exactly what it's supposed to focus on and we, we kind of wash out the benefits. But the more we can narrow our focus more on one muscle group at a time and focus on specific fatigue, the odds are you'll see better muscle growth and you'll probably feel better too. So exercise selection is huge. We want to choose exercises that feel satisfying to your muscles, ones that you feel like, you know, the workout's done and you're like, yes, oh my gosh, my glutes are cooked or like my deltoids, I can really feel that my deltoids got really good work. Not ones where you feel like, yeah, this is really hard and I'm gassed and I feel like I got hit by a truck, but I'm not really sure like where I'm supposed to feel this. I don't feel much of a burn. So I feel like I needed to say that because although physics and exercise selection will play a big part in how your body is loaded and therefore how your body feels during a movement, it's not the whole equation. Your body is a complex bundle of chemicals and neurons, and your physical body is very much influenced by the chemical synapses in your brain, aka your thoughts, what you're thinking. Anytime you have a thought, you have a chemical reaction in your brain, and this allows your body to respond in certain ways, either favorable or not favorable, or you know sometimes it's neutral. So how and what you're thinking during your workouts, about your workouts, after your workouts, all of those things will affect how your body adapts and responds, and even how your body feels during an exercise. So Peyton in this blog post references a study And I'll link it in the show notes as well, where participants were either given a positive, neutral, or negative information about a wall squat. So they were instructed to do a wall squat or a wall sit, which is what we do often in Evlo. It's where your back is up against the wall and you're kind of in 90-90 with the knees and hips. So the positive group was told that exercise in general is known to improve pain levels and that the group of researchers (laughs) suspected that the wall sit will do the same. It'll improve pain levels. And the negative group was told the opposite. So they were told that the wall sit is likely to increase pain. And the participants performed an isometric wall sit for just about three minutes or until fatigue. So the pain level of these two groups was measured after the wall squat. The participants in the negative group experienced more pain, both in the working muscle, so in the quads, and interestingly, in a non-working muscle or the upper trap or the like neck muscle. So their perception of pain was activated quicker in these muscles after performing the wall squat. Now, what about the participants in the positive and, the, and in the neutral groups? Both of these groups experienced what's known as exercise-induced hypoalgesia 
which is just a fancy way of saying that their pain decreased. So what they were instructed to believe about that exercise influenced how they physically felt in their bodies. So yes, physics and anatomy and biomechanics, all of that matters. Forces matter. But also how we are believing our bodies move and respond will influence how our bodies feel. So Peyton also mentions in her blog post, and I think it's worth reiterating, that you'll notice in our Evlo classes that we don't often say specific words like pain or hurt. And this is very intentional. We'll reframe pain and hurt and we'll say things like, if your knee doesn't feel comfortable here, or if your back is talking to you, try this. And it's very intentional because it helps to reframe movement so that you aren't seeing it so negatively, because this will ultimately allow you to feel better during your workouts and move you forward. So how we're talking to ourselves during our workouts matters for how your body feels. And what's interesting is that when you feel pain, muscle activation actually declines. So it's not only important for how you're feeling and how you're experiencing your workouts, but also important for the adaptation that's occurring in your body. So have you ever heard of the term neurons that fire together, wire together? This basically means that associations that happen together simultaneously are likely to influence how your body will respond to a certain stimulus next time. So for example, what do you think when you're driving in your car and you see the color red? you think stop, right? Driving and the color red don't necessarily mean anything on their own or if those two things are separated. But when you put the two together, the association drives you to take an action of putting your foot on the brake and stopping the car. So because of the repetition of the association that you've drawn between the color red and driving, you have now these two neural circuits that could definitely be separated have now come together and they have wired together. So the same thing can happen with our bodies and our workouts. We can draw positive or negative associations to moving and exercise and also our body image. This can be used for you or against you, again, or it can be neutral. For example, let's say every time you do a crunch, you look down at your stomach and you think, my stomach is fat, or this hurts my back, or you say those negative things that we so frequently, unfortunately, tell ourselves. And the more repetitively you have that thought when you're doing that exercise, the more likely those two associations are to solidify in your mind, right? So now, instead of having a positive association with working the trunk muscles, the abdominal muscles, you have a negative association to working the abdominal muscles, it might hurt more. You might not want to do them. You might not enjoy doing them. You might not feel the muscles activating as accurately. So the irony is, is that allowing your body, allowing your brain to go to that negative neural association is shown to decrease exercise efficiency. So another study that Peyton referenced in her blog post, which again, I'll link in the show notes, talks about this and the power of visualization and thought when it comes to the results that you see from your workouts. So in this study, the researchers utilized student athletes who were already undergoing strength training um, as their test subjects. So they hypothesized that positive visualization would 
lead to greater increases in strength gains. So these people were already active, they were already working out, and their hypothesis was, okay, if we just change the way they think, they will see even greater strength gains. So some uh, examples of positive visualizations that they used was imagining lifting heavier weights than normally possible. So we cue this a lot in Evola, right? Flex with 100% effort. Imagine that, you know, maybe maybe you're holding a 10-pound weight. Imagine that you're holding a 25-pound weight. How would you have to flex? So something like that. Another example is um, thinking, moving better with more efficient with more efficiency. Or another example is imagining that you're winning a competition by performing a certain lift at a heavy enough weight. So the athletes in the test group were instructed to do a form of this visualization for at least five minutes per day while the control group just carried on like doing their strength routine as usual. So the researchers reassessed the athletes one repetition maximum on a set of lifts to test strength improvements in each individual. And keep in mind that these, all the participants were doing the exact same program, whether they were in the test group, the positive visualization, or if they were in the control group and weren't told to think anything different. So the results were that the students that were in the positive visualization group, their lifts improved by like 10 to 15 pounds per lift. While the students who continued with just, you know, regular lifting didn't change anything, they still saw increases, but it was only a five pound increase on average. So that's a big difference, right? The group that was in the positive visualization saw 10 to 15 pound increase in strength gains as far as like what they could lift. And the control group, they saw five pound increase in strength gains. So although everyone improved in strength, it goes to show the power again of physics and of progressive overload and all of the things that we preach, but it just also shows that that's not the only thing. Our thoughts are so powerful and can absolutely help us achieve results even faster and more effectively. Okay. So you're like, awesome. I'm on board. I'm here for, you know, improving my thoughts. And here's my thing. Even like these studies are pretty convincing to me, but even if they're not, even if there's no quote unquote scientific evidence, to me, there's no downfall to thinking this way because it makes your workouts, if all else fails, even if it doesn't work for some reason, it just makes your workouts so much more enjoyable to think of them, to frame them in a successful way, to frame them in a body positive way, all of those things. So again, even if like, the results don't change to me it's worth it because it makes your enjoy your workouts more enjoyable more satisfying when they're more enjoyable and more satisfying you're more likely to be consistent okay so here's how i recommend implementing this into your routine so step 1 with anything is to just take inventory of what's in your brain and personally this has like changed my life. I, what I do, I don't, I don't apply this in my workouts as much anymore because I feel pretty solid in my workouts as far as what I'm thinking. But I apply this to like other areas of my life, like my job and my relationships. So what I do is I open a blank document and I just try to like, I call it a brain download, thought download, and just like type out everything that's in my brain without censoring. I just like, like go, 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 go. Um, And this is really effective at just like seeing the contents of your brain. And what you can do is actually do this during your workout. So this sounds kind of crazy. And I recommend doing this when, you know, you're home alone, you're not in the gym. I guess you could do it in the gym, but you would 
probably look a little crazy, but <laughs> recommend doing this at home in the comfort of your home. So take inventory of what you're telling yourself during your workout. My recommendation is to talk out loud <laughs> while you exercise. So sometimes those little pesky negative thoughts about your body image, about your strength, about your joint health, about how you're feeling, about you know what you think about the instructor, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, sometimes those thoughts are very much in the shadows and they're strongly influencing us, but we're maybe not completely conscious of them. So I've found that saying them out loud or typing, writing them down on paper can shed light on them so that you can decide whether or not you want to change them. Because again, a lot of times they can buzz around in the background and influence how we're feeling and our, our body image and our confidence and all of those things, even though we're not even aware of them. So start to get used to like saying those things out loud, bringing them all the way forward. And then, so that's step one is just starting to get aware. Step two is decide what you want to think about movement in your body. So ask yourself in an ideal world, what would I be thinking about my body right now? What is my goal? Like if I have arrived (laughs) as far as like my body image and how I feel, what thoughts would I be thinking? So some examples would be, um, this feels so good. Like you're exercising and you're like, this feels so good. And I know a lot of you are already there, which is amazing. Uh, I'm strong as hell. That's one of my favorite ones. I'm strong as hell. (laughs) Or I have my own back. It's one that I've been thinking a lot lately that I just love. Or I love my body. Whatever it is for you, what is your goal thought to think about yourself, about exercise, about how you're feeling during your workouts? So make a mental list of all of those things or maybe write them down. And then decide to work on them one at a time. I highly recommend practicing constraint here because if you try to do it all at once, you'll just get overwhelmed and your brain is like, that's just too much stimulus for me. And it it will just give up and it'll burn you out. So I recommend just focusing on one at a time, just one at a time. So what's interesting is that you might be being like, okay, yeah, like I'll just tell myself like I'm strong as hell, like every workout. And maybe you can believe that today. But odds are, if you're thinking thoughts like, my body is weak, I'm so weak, if you're always thinking that, it's going to be really hard for you to jump to strong as hell right now because your brain has a lot of reps of I'm so weak. You know, that neural programming is really deep. And I'm just using I'm so weak as an example. You know, use whatever that is for you, whatever that like repetitive thought is for you. So it's not going to be super effective for you to jump from, you know, I'm so weak to I'm strong as hell because deep down you don't believe that, right? The reps of saying I'm so weak are really deeply carved out in your brain. So a great way to transition towards I'm strong as hell to do is to do what's called passing through neutral. And I did not come up with any of this, by the way. <laughs> um, credit to Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School podcast. I learned all of this from her and I've, I've been practicing it for the last two years and it's extremely extremely effective. So passing through neutral is something I do all the time to rewire my brain around really anything, not just exercise. So what you do is you determine your goal thought. So your goal thought is I'm strong as hell and where you are now, where you are now maybe is I'm so weak and find something right in the middle of those two thoughts that isn't as negative, that's more neutral, but feels like something that you can believe. And if it's a little bit positive, that's even better. But it's got, it's really important that it has to be something that you can believe right now. And it doesn't feel like a lie to you. So a good middle ground thought may be, 
Um, I'm here to improve my strength. If you're like, yeah, I could, I could get on board with that. I believe that. I believe that I'm here to improve my strength. See how much more positive that is than thinking, you know, doing lunges in high repetition and thinking I'm weak. And then your body is, you know, wiring lunges and I'm weak together. We could see how not only that isn't great for your body image, but it could actually, you know, provide less optimal results. So when we can intentionally shift our thoughts towards those positive visualizations, again, not only do we start to improve our confidence, our body image, our associations with exercise, but we start to actually see physical changes and feel better doing it. Again, those remember those two studies that I referenced above. The way you're thinking during your workouts is extremely important. And this process takes a lot of reps. It's something that you really have to commit to. Totally worth it to commit to it, but it's not something that's necessarily easy. And depending on how deeply wired that thought, depending on how deeply carved out that thought is in your brain, it may take thousands of of catching yourself in that in that um that I'm so weak thought that's super deeply wired and shifting it towards I'm here to make myself stronger, right? It might take thousands of those intentional reps before it actually sinks in and becomes second nature. And again, it's not easy. We lean negative because it's our brain's way of keeping us safe. It's how we've evolved to keep ourselves safe, to always be on guard, to make sure that, you know, uh, if something bad happens to me, at least I know, at least I knew it was coming. At least I was prepared for it. Right. But that, that evolution of our brain really is no longer very applicable to modern life. So it's not easy, but in my opinion, I'm not on this earth to just coast. (laughs) I'm on this earth to figure out how I can move towards self-actualization because that will ultimately allow me to give back to the world in a much more powerful way. And I know that without this process, I wouldn't be here talking into this mic. I would be way too afraid to put my ideas into the world. I would never have started my business without this process and without catching my brain in its leaning negative thoughts and really trying to rewire it. So my recommendation is to do this process, just work on one thought at a time until it feels like second nature. Again, so step one is just get intentional, either write stuff down or say it out loud. Step two is determine your goal thoughts. Step three is to uh, find a a thought that feels more neutral. So pass through neutral. Find a thought that feels less negative than your current one and more towards your goal thought. And what you'll find, what I found through this process over and over, is that eventually you just stop having to try and your brain almost just like jumps from the negative thought to the goal thought. Like it just happens one day. I, I, I can't really explain it. You'll feel it when it happens to you, but you'll just notice one day you're like, oh yeah, I don't believe I'm weak anymore. Like I'm strong as hell. And then you're like, oh, cool. And then you can work on the next one. It's really, really cool. Um, and it just takes that first one to gather the evidence that you can do it. You could do it with anything in your life. So that is today's episode I love talking about this stuff. If you can tell my voice, I'm super excited and passionate about it. Um, let me know if you've tried this and what you're experiencing. Would love to hear how it's helping you, influencing you, etc. Real quick before we go, there are eight free Evolo classes in the show notes. If you haven't gotten those, I am going to refresh them next week. So there'll be new classes on there next week. So if you already have them, um, you don't have to resubmit. You'll just... They'll just refresh, but um, 
If you don't have them, click the link in the bio, or I'm sorry, in the show notes, and we will send them along to you. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. We'll see you all next week. Bye.